All right, bradcooney.com is absolutely honored to have on board from Season 10 of The Voice, Angie Keelhauer. What is up, man? Thanks for joining us, Angie. Thanks for having me, Brad. I'm excited to be on the show. Man, I bet you are, man. You had a, a heck of a blind audition. You came out and sang I Hold On, a uh, three-chair turn performance, and... I was just blown away, man. So just talk about your blind audition a little bit and uh, just a little bit about the preparation leading up to it, just stuff like that. Touch on that. Oh, man. Um, well, you know, we've been preparing that song for about a month beforehand, and the show is really good about keeping us, getting us as prepared as possible to do our best job. So, you know, before we even see the coaches, we're given vocal training, we're given, like, choreography kind of, you know, guidance, and, and all these people kind of come together to help us do the best we possibly can on stage. So I learned so much leading up to it, um, so I felt pretty confident. And then coming up on the stage, um, not confident that I was going to get a chair turn, but just confident that, you know, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna put out there what I had. Mm -hmm, but then, mm -hmm. as soon as you hit that stage and the lights go off, you just, there's, you gotta, you, there's no way you can't get nervous. You know, so I <laughs> nerves creeping in. And then I hear my family, like above the whole audience, I could hear every voice, like by themselves, like our whole family, just screaming like crazy. And I instantly just calmed down. And uh, and 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 you know, once the song started, and and I don't know, it was just, it was a little bit of a blur, but it, it was an amazing experience, incredible. I could. It was, it was incredible. You know, all the voice singers that I've interviewed over the past few seasons all share the same experience when, when, when you said it was all, all a blur. Almost everybody who I've talked to who have done the blind audition say they, they, they had to actually go back on YouTube and watch it again because they forgot that it was like a, it was just a void. It was just like, it was so surreal that they don't even remember it when it, when it, when it happened. And I, and the thing is, it's such a shock. There's so much shock value to it. It's like one second you're, oh, you're yeah. standing on stage, you know, and you got you got these legendary musicians that are that you're trying to impress to get them to turn around, and then when they actually do, it's got to be surreal. It's got to be such a mind blowing experience. It's uh, it's unlike anything I've ever done. And you know, I've I've been lucky to say that I've I've been able to do music full time for the past three years. Mm -hmm. So like. You know, you'd think that there's some muscle memory involved. Like, I've been playing four hours every day for the past three years, and I'm playing that song, like, a like, ton of times, you know? And just being on that stage is just totally different. Like, it's just, it's like knowing that you, not just the people you're playing in front of, but 12 million more people are tuning in <laughs> in their living rooms, and you just kind of, you've got to try to, like, cut that side off of your mm -hmm. line of thinking and just do your thing. Yeah, no doubt. Now, what about the uh, song choice? Was this a song that, that you had picked out 
like that you knew you wanted to do previous to even auditioning or was this one that they offered you to do? How, how does that work? Well, they don't actually let us pick the songs for our audition, but um, they try to have some flexibility. If you like, if, if we really, really don't like the song, sometimes they'll let us change it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened for a few people on the show. This happened to be a song that I... It's, it's what I would call, like, a grit song, you know? Like, mm-hmm. before I started doing music for a living, I remember, like, waking up at, like, you know, five in the morning and, and just being so upset, like, just tired, the kind of tired you just want to close your eyes and go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I would get in, like, my 91 Volvo and turn the key and music would turn on. And this was, like, one of those songs that I would, like, make sure it was turned on when I needed to wake up. And then, like, 15-minute drive from, like... Uh, from home to work, you just wake up and you're just ready to, ready. your whole attitude changes. Mm. And it's what I call like a grid song. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. It has so much meaning for me. And uh, I'm just ecstatic that I did it justice. Yeah, man, you sure did. I got I got favorite songs like that, too. Just uh, just pick-me-up songs, man. Just no matter if you're down, you're, yeah. You, yeah, they just pick you up right away. I got pulled over by a cop one time for speeding. For I was listening to the ACDC Hell Be- Hell's Bells. It's like a. Oh man! <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it. <laughs> you know, it's funny when, when I just told the truth because so, the cop asked me why I was going so fast. I just told him the truth. I said, honestly, officer, I was just I was jamming some ACDC, man. It, it just kind of got got out of control for a minute there. He gave me a break. He was like, I appreciate you being honest, man. He's like, I'm gonna give you just to give you a warning. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's a true I story. Think I ever met a cop that gave me a break. They're all. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. All right, you know what? When I was watching your your blind audition, um, when it first aired, like like on not on YouTube, like on TV on The Voice, I was like, "Why are they waiting so long to turn around? This this girl's incredible, man!" And it's like all three, well, Christina didn't, but Adam Blake and Pharrell all turned like simultaneously, but they turned late in the song. Were you was there any point while you were singing the song where you're like, "Come on, man! Somebody needs to turn around." Was were you, were you getting a little bit nervous? So I'm sure that this is kind of in my head, but this is exactly how I remember it. So I remember being out on stage and like seeing all their names in the back of the chairs and mm-hmm. I'm starting to play the song and I'm thinking like, I'm not, I'm seeing it the way I practice it. You know, sometimes you're like, I'm having an off day, but I was like, I'm seeing it the way I practice it. I'm doing what I need. To, I couldn't be doing this song better. And then I remember thinking like, man, they're not turning around and you can see it in my eyes for a minute. Like there's this little bit of like, damn, like, mm-hmm, oh, I guess mm-hmm. this isn't going to work out. And then there was like this immediate, like, peacefulness like I, I like this just like acceptance like I could hear my family and I was just like you know what like I just love this like I love performing I love the energy that I'm getting from the crowd and this whole environment like I was just like I'm gonna take this I'm just gonna take this moment because it's, it's such a good one and I remember thinking that like just being at peace with the idea of not moving on the show and just loving the fact that I got this far and um and I look up at the audience and like focus on them instead of the chairs and I swear and I probably totally in my head but I swear I heard the audience get louder exactly at that moment and I just remember like just being so incredibly grateful and then looking down and seeing those three chairs turn and I never saw them turn and just seeing them kind of like bounce out of the music you just see me like wail out that last note mm-hmm. was, like on cloud cloud 10 it was like it was surreal yeah I was like man about time I was gonna be so <laughs> man, Angie I was gonna be so pissed off if nobody turned around I mean, I was just, I would have been disgusted, man. So they all did. They know better than me. These guys, you know, they, they, they know. They hear the talent. I, I think it's a little bit of a chess game with, with the judges. They kind of like, they're like feeling each other out and hoping one doesn't turn. And 
You know what I mean? They, they had their own little thing going on back there. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. It's so funny to watch it back and see them kind of like the way they're reacting before they turn because, you know, we don't see any of that. We right. don't see at the same time everyone else does, like when it airs on TV. So we're all like sitting there like, wow, that's <laughs> what was happening, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you picked Blake, um, awesome, this legendary Blake Sheldon. Um, when you were, when it was ready for you to, to choose your coach, were you pretty much, did you have your crosshairs on Blake or did Adam and Pharrell have a chance? Did, did, did Blake talk him out of it? I mean, were you sold on Blake or was there any kind of, you know, thought process there? No, you know, I keep saying, like, the show's so great at, like, you know, they truly want to support us as artists just as much as anything else, you know, so they... They kept telling us, like, have an open mind, have an open mind, like, go with your gut when you're up on stage, like, make sure you go with your gut. And I was up there, and I listened to everybody talk, and I, I just remember being, feeling kind of pulled by each of them as they kept talking. Um, but then Blake just said the right thing. Like, he said he said something about, like, he liked that I covered a guy's song, and he said mm -hmm. that he, uh, just the way that he described my music is kind of, like, a little bit wild. There. Yeah. I, I, I never thought about... I never thought the words wild and um, he said you were reckless. Undisciplined would be such a compliment to me, but I was like, I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Like, I like, I like taking risks. Mm -hmm. I don't like singing songs that I know are easy to sing. Like, I want to do something a little different. I want to surprise people. I want to like create a moment for them that they weren't expecting to happen. You know, mm -hmm. those are the things that I live for in music, and those are the kind of things that I would kill to just be able to create. And he does that so well with his music. He always kind of goes for a different route. Uh, with each album, he kind of like redefines his sound, but still has that soul that's, that's just the same. That is Blake Shelton. And I respect that so much, and I've followed his music for so long that I just, I felt so, it just clicked when he started talking to me, and I was like, he gets where I want to be. And, mm. you know, I think that's the biggest thing that you need to look at if you're going to choose a coach to help you get better, get to where you want to go, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think you used the word you were reckless. You like you were reckless with your performance, but in a good way. I think that's what he said. I really do. I think he said you were reckless. <laughs> he has a really cool way with words. He really does. But they always fit. His 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 choice of words really fits well. What he's trying to say. It's pretty funny. Yeah, he he really does. He's he's, he's a really honest guy, and he really does want yep. want all of us to succeed. What is something you can share? With the fans out there that's going to listen to this, um, something that Blake's taught you that's that's really helped you with your singing and your performance. Um, well, the time that I really got to spend with him was it was is with the rehearsal that um, we just did for the for the battle round. Yeah. Um, so you guys are going to get to see some of that next week, hopefully, if they air mine in the first two the first two episodes of the battle. Awesome. Um, but I would say, like, some of his biggest stuff that he's told me is actually kind of. It's interesting because I'm I'm such a doer. Like I'm like okay. The last three years I've booked, promoted. Um, you know, I've done all this stuff to manage my career as as a musician. And I've spent so long doing all the other stuff. You know, being my own graphic designer, my website maintenance, like all that stuff. That I've had less time to really focus on the music. And I think about it the same way that I think about the business. I'm like, okay, what is the particular part that's going to have to change? And he kind of taught me to calm down a little bit. And he was like, you've mm. got. You've got so much already. Like, you need to, like, relax and let the song be what you're going to do to it, you know? Because I'm so focused on the details. I'm like, give me a to-do list. Give me homework. Like, let me work on this. Give me specific things I need to work on. And he's more like, just, you're doing really good. Like, just 
calm down a little bit and like just just trust yourself and mm-hmm. having Blake Shelton somebody who's like someone who I've I've, I've considered like someone I want to look up to musically for so long just look at me and say like you are an artist it's not something you have to try to be you're already there like you need to trust what you can do and uh, and that'll take you where you want to go and I, just hearing him say that to me was probably one of the most it was a little emotional and, and mm-hmm. it was just a really real moment for me to know that somebody that big could actually um, could actually say that I was that I was yeah, that I was, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, it's a confidence. It's, it's a confidence booster, and it validates what you probably exactly, already. Exactly. It, it validates what you probably already knew, but you, but everyone's just kind of, you know, you, you, a lot of people don't like to pat themselves in the back, or and, and everybody has a little bit of a, little bit of a confidence. Um, you know what I'm saying? When so when somebody that big, like you said, it validates. It really, it's a game changer. It boosts your confidence right through this. It really is. Yeah. 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 And that's why it's so easy. That's why I love this job so much. Just doing music because the only way I make money, the only way I make a living, um, is by a lot of people making the small decision to watch a YouTube video or, mm-hmm. you know, buy a dollar for a song or like, but it's all these people. Like, I can't tell you the number of times that I've stayed at people's houses that I met on cruise ships, like while I'm on tour or, um, you know, somebody like, uh, reached out, you know, on a, on a random night and just said, Hey, I found you CD in my car. I just want to let you know I love this song. It happens to be a mm-hmm. night where I'm driving six hours to go to a bar and play for a $200 show. You know, it's like, it's like these little things that just fill me up emotionally to make me keep continuing to do music. And I wouldn't be able to do it with all these people that that supported me. That's why I make it such an effort to respond to every single Facebook message, every tweet, every every time that someone reach out, I want them to know that I'm going to respond because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just so grateful um, for them letting me do what I love. That's huge. It's really, really big to have your fans connect with you. Especially, oh, yeah. especially in this process, while the voice is going on, because the vo- the fans are going to be voting for you, you know. And it's like if you make it, right. you know, if you make it that far, if you make it to the to the live shows, they're going to be voting for you. So it's always great when you can reach out and connect with your fans. That's why I think social, the whole social networking thing is 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 awesome. You know, when I was I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm 50 years old now, so we didn't have the Twitters and the Facebooks when I was 20. Um, so when I listen to rock bands and my favorite musicians, they, they, they almost they almost felt like they were on another planet than I was. So they were like untouchable. You know, you buy their records in the in the malls and the record stores or whatever. But now, you know, with social you could, social networks, you can you can actually communicate with them. And if if they're yeah, if they're open to it, if they're open to that, and you are, which is going to really bode well for you. Yeah, I just think that um, it's easy to get lost um, in in like in in shows like this where you're gonna get all these all this publicity like all at once in, in such a short amount of time. It's oh, easy. Yeah. It's easy to get a big head, and if you think you're not going to get one, you're probably gonna get one. So you have to be like wary of the fact that people are gonna pop you up pretty fast, you know. Yeah. But when you hear from like your friends that you've known forever. And you remember where you came from. You know, I've had so many messages that are just like, oh, my God, we're so happy to see you. Like, we remember when we met you on the cruise ship or at this little bar in, like, Shiraz, South Carolina. Mm. And we're so happy to see where you are now. Then you remember, like, all the people that that got you there, you know, and it keeps you grounded. So I think it's like, it's not so much a choice for me, but it's part of of making sure I stay who I am. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, well said. It happens to the best of us, you know. It's 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 good to get those people that that, that bring us back down to the to the ground. Um, yeah. 
how how was it that you ended up on The Voice? How, how did it all come about? Oh man, um, it's kind of a whirlwind. I uh, I auditioned three times in total. I one time auditioned like four years ago, um, uh-huh. and I didn't even. It, it was an open call audition. I didn't even make it past the first round. It was before I started doing music for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I actually I did a video on the cruise ships at like three in the morning when everyone was asleep i would do these like every week and i remember this particular day i was so tired and i didn't want to do it and i was like you know what i'm just gonna get it done and i did this youtube video of american kids by kenny chesney and kenny chesney happened to see the video Mm. and he puts it up on his facebook page and in a press release national press release for the song oh wow and, um, yeah, and it was a huge boost for me. And I remember thinking, like, this is the moment where I was, like, thinking, like, what am I doing? There's no immediate reward for me putting up these random videos. I get a couple of views. Like, it's not a huge deal. And then this happened to be, like, you know, one of the, one of the best breaks in my career. That's huge. Um, and somebody from The Voice happened to see that, and they invited me to audition. Oh. And so I came and auditioned again in New York. I flew from the Caribbean to New York to do this audition. And all this is out of my own pocket. The first auditions are all, you got to get there. So I, I paid about, like, I don't know, about $1,200 to get there and audition. And it was like a blizzard there. So that was freezing. I didn't even have a jacket. Oh, man. From the beach. And um, I auditioned there, and they were like, okay, you've made it fast as far as we can get you this round. But we're going to let you know the week before you come back whether or not you're definitely coming back. And I never got a call. So I didn't get called back that time. And, like, being kind of like the way I am, I immediately emailed them. And I was like, I really like a chance to audition again as soon as possible like for the next season like let me know when I can do that mm-hmm. and you know they were really nice to me and they were like you know like yeah we'll give you another audition and so I, I got another audition this time in LA and I actually had to have a vocal surgery um, as part of one of the reasons why it was kind of a rough audition the one in New York mm. um, so I had a vocal surgery I took two months off work and then I spent like my last thousand dollars because I had to take two, that, two months off work for that surgery and to rehab it Um and I flew to L.A., and I auditioned for the third time. And this time I had everything on the line. It was like my last bit of savings. I just wanted to audition. I wanted to see if I wow. could. And I, I auditioned, and they said, okay, you've made it through this round. We'll let you know the week before if you're on the show. And at this point, I'm like, okay, this is going to be tough because as a musician, I have to book all my shows three months in advance. And so uh, what I did was I just booked, you know, half half the month and just kind of hope for the best um, and then I knew I could cancel those shows but I couldn't cancel a whole month full of shows mm. so I took that risk and then they, they called me back luckily this time and you know it's another process they bring like a hundred people to the hotel and you know they, they really work work with them and you're there for a long time and you finally get to audition and the whole time they don't guarantee you an audition because the teams fill up they fill up you know right right so this whole time all of us are kind of we're bonding because we're all uh, you know this, this season's just been amazing cast of people that I, I'm so lucky to call my friends and we, we get to hang out at this hotel together and, and you know we're all we all have all these risks on the line you know a lot of us mortgages you know getting our bills trying to pay our bills yeah. the whole time that we're we're trapped in this hotel um, and you know it's just an amazing experience to watch all these people that that all are taking risks for something that they love and, and it happens to be the same passion that you have so it's these kind of friendships that last forever it was, yeah. it was amazing Sorry, that's a bit long-winded, but <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I, that's exactly what I wanted to know. And and in the, and the, and the, and the, you know, when I do these podcasts, I get a lot of emails from the from the from the fans that really appreciate these podcasts because they see you on TV, they hear your songs, they love your songs, but they never get these in-depth, you know, uh, background stories. So that's why it's fun to, to talk about this stuff. Yeah, it's nice to 
have to get to tell them. So yeah. I appreciate the question. Absolutely. Um, okay, I got about three or four fan questions. Is that cool? You got enough time? Yeah. Hit me. Let's do it. Awesome. Okay, so Rachel, she's from San Antonio, Texas. Um, she said a little side note that she wanted me to tell you she just loves you. Um, she wants to know, was learning to play guitar easy for you or did it come natural? Oh, absolutely not. I sucked so bad for so long. <laughs> um, you said her name was Rachel, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, Rachel, you... You need to know that it's just, it's just gonna, you're gonna sound bad for a long time. I'm guessing you're asking this question because you probably played too. Yeah, I do um, too. And I thought the same thing every time that I saw someone play guitar. Now, I'm gonna bet that you could probably play a couple chords. Um, those same chords are what I use every day for hours on end when I play my shows. Um, it's not actually, it just takes muscle memory to learn how to do them, you know, as a second nature, but it just takes time. Just put your guitar somewhere that you always pass by, like in your kitchen or something, and you'll just pick it up and just do it for a few minutes every day, and, and slowly but surely you're gonna get better, you're gonna get there. Just make sure you keep putting yourself in front of people, do open mics, just, uh, just give yourself a reason to get better, and you'll get there. Uh, but yeah, I sucked for a really long time before I got better. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've been playing on I've been playing on and off guitar for about twenty five years, but I never really mastered it because I'd always put it down for a while. You know, I pick it back up, then I put it down. I can play your basic chords, but I'm, no, I'm nowhere near as good as you are, Angie. That's for sure. So. Yeah, well, you know, the thing about guitar is, like, or really any kind of art form is, like, the further you get in it, the more, the less you feel good. Like, I've met the kind of guys that can play just, I mean, they sound like Hendrix. They sound like... Oh, who's that guy that... And they, who's that guy that played last night oh, that did the slide, the slide guitar? Oh, shoot, I, um... Tedder or something like that, or something... Yeah, that, that dude is amazing. Oh, my God. He's he was number one on the blues charts right after he finished that. Uh, I have no doubt about that. That dude was bad to the bone. That's what I'm saying. So, like, no matter how good you think you are, like, you're going to always be humble in your company because there's always going to be someone you look up to. Like, you're never going to be the best at art because everyone is good at different things. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of like a car mechanic. Like, you could mm -hmm. be, like, a brilliant mechanic as far as, the, like, you know, as an internal combustion engine, but you could have no idea how to rewire it, you know? So it's mm -hmm. just, like, it's so great to play an instrument because you're always going to be challenged. You're never going to feel like you're mastering it. And as long as you feel that way, you're always going to continue to get better, you know? Mm -hmm. All right, so another one. This uh, question's from John, and he is in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, he wants to know, do you write your own original songs, too? I do. Um, my, I have a, I have a. What was so great about the show? Like when I saw that my single was climbing up the country chart, you know, I was, I was ecstatic. I was just so excited. Mm -hmm. um, but then a friend of mine messaged Allie Porter. Actually, she went the first night. Yeah. She messages me. And she was like, "Ange, your song is on the singer songwriter chart." And, I'm sorry, your album is on the singer songwriter chart. Not like my original album. And she sends me a, 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 a picture of it. And I look up on the charts, and it's like, I think it got up to 10. No, it got up to number 9. Wow. Singer-songwriter charts on iTunes. Yeah, my original album. Yeah. Uh, it has two covers on it, but the rest of them are all original. Um, and so that, I actually, I just cried, and I never cry. Aww. Like, I'm, I'm very rarely cry, and I totally teared up. It was, it's something, it's something when people appreciate, you know, like a cover song that you do. But it's something entirely different when somebody says they love what you write. Yeah. Like, the thing is, they... 
they know you because those songs are very personal. It's like reading an entry in my journal, you know? Yeah. Um, so when someone takes the time to listen to it, it's like they're taking the time to get to know me. And then if they like me after that, it's, it's so much more personal and, and, and moving. Um, but yeah, I actually was recording a, an EP right before I got on the show, which was which is a little different from my singer-songwriter album. It's a very mm-hmm. country album. Um, and I had, to, I had to stop myself from releasing it to be on the show. So that's oh. going to drop within about 30 days, and that's 100% written by me uh, with some amazing musicians that, that went out of their way to back me up on it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, man, as you should be. Now tell the fans what the name of your original... Um, your, your your album is that's climbing the charts and where they can get that. Yeah, the album is called Live Acoustic Sessions, and if you type my name into iTunes, uh, it'll bring it up right alongside my I Hold On song. Um, yeah, but just Angie Kilhauer, A N G I E, last name K E I L H A U E R, and you'll it'll come right up. Cool. Okay, one more fan question, and this is from Elizabeth, and she is in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, she wants to know who are some of your musical inspirations. Ooh, musical inspirations! I have so many. Like we mentioned, Steve Ray Vaughan a little earlier. I, oh, yeah. I really like him. I'm not crazy about the amount of drugs he uses, right? <laughs> but exactly. he is—he is such a killer performer. Like when you're up there, Bob Dylan. I like. You know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bob Dylan, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like some of my favorite bands. They're not. They're not that great at singing. Like, you don't want to call Bob Dylan like the vocalist of the year, you know? No. But his music is so honest and so good. Like right. you just, you just feel like it's telling a story that you can just take it and move into your own life. And that's what I feel like music's supposed to be. It has nothing to do with the way you sound. It has everything to do with with how you can make people feel, exactly. the you can create for people. And so, if you ask my favorite artist, it's always going to be. So it's going to be people that can move me. Um, I've always thought John Mayer one of the greatest songwriters I've ever heard. John Mayer? Um, yeah, he's such a great writer. He's I love his writing. Badass I guitar player, Martin. too. She's always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, all of my favorite artists are pretty much the weirdest mix of people you ever think. <laughs> but they're all, they're all great lyricists. They all write really well. And, and they've, all, they've all written songs that have, in some way, helped me through my life. Yeah, and John Mayer is also a bad-to-the-bone guitar player. Really good guitar oh, he player. Is. Yeah. His Live in LA album is probably one of my favorite, most played um, albums that I, that I own. Okay, one, one, one last question from, from the fans. Uh, her name is Jill, and she, she's from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, she wants to know what advice can you give to someone that's thinking about auditioning for The Voice? Ooh, okay. Um, this is a really good question because. Like, remember I told that story earlier about how I, like, did not want to put up that YouTube video because I was, like, I'm so tired, and it was just something that I said I was going to do in my calendar, yeah, yeah. and I kind of could have pushed it off. There's no one holding me accountable, but I did it anyway. Well, now, you know, that I've gotten all this push, like, all this work that I did before this moment has all of a sudden become so relevant. Like, I have over 100 videos on YouTube that everyone is able to watch if they mm-hmm. want to watch more songs that I do. Um, I have that acoustic album that people can listen to if they want to hear an original song, you know? All this work that I did before that I honestly didn't think would be that relevant in the future if I were to make a big break, all of a sudden became the reason that I'm having, that I'm doing really well. Um, So I would say if anybody wants to audition for The Voice, just know, like, opportunities will come. They will come. 
but consistency is the only way that you're going to be able to take advantage of it. Mm. So get yourself a calendar, like whether it's Google Calendar or the one on your computer or even just on your phone, and start by saying, like, I will put up one cover every two weeks. Start with something small like that mm. and say something like, I'm going to create a fan page and I'm going to post on it once a week. Just something. Or get an Instagram, something like that. Do something to help people find you. Uh, and the opportunities will come, but they, they, they're they only as good as your consistency. So make sure you're, I mean, it's never going to feel like, it, the, the weird thing about uh, some of the most important things you have to do as a musician is that there's no instant gratification. Like, there's not you're not going to get uh, money in your pocket from putting up a YouTube video. You're not going to get, right. um, you know, something from a, from a Facebook post or Instagram or returning the comments on your, on your pages. But it's all laying the groundwork and it makes you better as a performer and as a person and as an artist. Um, so consistency is everything. Great answer, man. And you got some killer stuff on your, I was going through your YouTube channel. I mean, you, you sing in Spanish. And then I saw this one really cool video <laughs> where you, uh, you, uh, Take this, uh, it's like a, it looks like a ferry boat onto an island, it looks like, and you got you, you're, you're carrying the table and the guitar with you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a great yeah, song. Yeah, I did that for the Tiny Desk Contest for uh, NPR. Um, ah. That was, that was an adventure. That desk weighs a lot more than it looks. Yeah, it didn't look like it was. for a week. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look light. It looked like you were, you were struggling a little bit. It was the guitar and. <laughs> Angie, I had a lot of fun, man. I really, really appreciate you doing this. Um, I know you're really busy, so I'm going to let you go. But I, before I do, um, I want to give you an opportunity to talk to your fans, share your social networks, you know, where they can get your stuff, uh, your website, all that stuff. Yeah, um, I think a couple people on the show might be able to see me live. I know I'll be playing near San Antonio in April, but we need to see the film schedule for that before I can secure those shows, but I have them already on hold. Um, Memphis, I'll be playing there before the end of the month. Um, I think there was one other place that I was playing nearby. Well, All of my tour schedules, it's, it's always pinned to the top of my Facebook page. There's also a tab that you can click on. Um, it's also on my website, angiekilhauer.com. I play a lot of shows. I play a lot of bar shows. It's free to get in. Um, you just come in and, and meet me. I'll be playing for three hours. We'll have a lot of fun. I love requests. Um, come and meet me. Reach out to me. Talk to me. I want to hear from you. Um, and especially if you're a musician, I want to hear your stuff. So send me, send me links to your songs. Um, you know, at the end of the day, music is a community, and and, uh, and I, I really just like to hear from you guys. That's awesome. I'm going to be looking out for that Memphis show, because I only live about a two-hour drive from Memphis, so um, we follow each other on oh, Twitter, so... At, Go ahead. I'm playing at a, a South Main Sounds. It's like a singer-songwriter venue, and then I might be doing a show at either the Hard Rock or the Green Biddle Field downtown. Awesome. Um, direct message me. Like exact when you're going to be there because I'll make the trip for that. Yeah, I'll uh, do that. Yeah, I love Memphis. It'll be great to meet you. Absolutely, it'll be great to meet you too. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate this, and I'll have this up probably tonight. And if I do, I will shoot you the link. Um, if you could retweet it, that'd be great. Uh, that's, I will absolutely do that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to to help me do what I do and and uh, and help me reach out to people.